Caution. This episode of Punk Goes Pod touches on themes that may be sensitive to some listeners. If talk of physical or sexual abuse are particularly damaging to you, then we recommend taking a week off from the podcast, and we'll be back next week. Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes Ellipses series to determine the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah? That did not go the way I meant, because determine doesn't mean answer. I thought you were doing like a PBS kind of, uh, public radio kind of thing. No. Uh, what's what's our one? Is it PBS? We have PBS. Yeah, PBS, yeah. public broadcasting. I want to say system, that's not right. Up or down. Yeah. Public broadcasting system. What the now. hell does PBS stand for? Is it PBS? PBS well, radio. Well, because I know that... So NPR is the American one, but I think they also have a PBS. Progressive Broadcasting Service. Ah. Yeah, because we have, we have PBS over here. Yes. That sounds like a... It sounds like a... Like some kind of... Well, it also stands for Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme. But it also sounds like something... Like some kind of disease you would catch while hiking with no shoes on oh <laughs> uh, yeah i got pbs from that last trip i went on <laughs> so we are all here the family is gathered together to to record yet another episode of punko's pod mm-hmm. and that means i'm talking about the cat is in the room with us yes. licking himself furiously yeah um he is getting the most out of this lockdown experience i think He's, uh, yeah, he's just vibing, getting ready for us to announce that this week's song is Dead and Gone by T.I., featuring Justin Timberlake as covered by Cute Is What We Aim For, for Punk Goes Pop. Fuck! I forgot which one it's from. Uh, let's have a look. What do I even want to look up? Cute is... What? Hang on, I'll go by the run sheet. It's not in there. Not the run sheet, the um, spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, hang on. Dead and gone. Uh, it's it's now top we're... three. Oh. Released in 2010 under the genre of alternative in indie according to google.com. Alright, so I'll start that over again. So, oh, are you going to edit that all out? No. Actually, I won't, because <laughs> it's going to take a while. Yeah. Uh, yes. Cost. Sorry for swearing. I got uh, I got a little bit frustrated with myself. It's for Punk Goes Pop 3. <laughs> Why did I forget that? I forgot to put that in there for some reason. I don't know, because ultimately, like, it doesn't enrich the listener's experience to know which album it's from. You're it's right. It's more just for our, for posterity. You're right. Wish you would've stayed home Running to a group of suckers Who get their hate on You won't buy They get wrong You read 
apply, then things get blown way out of proportion. Way past discussion, just you against them, pick one year and rush them. Nigga, you'll get jumped, yeah, that's nasty. So? They don't want to stop there, now they bustin'. Now you gushin'. I'm a lad rushin' you to the hospital with a bad concussion. Plus you hit four times, but it hit your spine. Paralyzed, way down, nigga, wheelchair bound. Never mind that now, you lucky to be alive. Just think it all started, you fussin' with three guys. Nigga, pride in the way, but your pride is the way you can mess around, get shot, die in the day. People die every day, all over nonsense. Dirty money, dice, gang, stash, box, contents. Could this be cause of hip-hop music? Did the ones with the good sense, now you you're right I, I don't know i just uh not feeling terribly you know enthused about this one so no. i guess i was just uh yeah so i guess let's just get into dead and gone yeah like given the um uh caliber of the artists we are talking about today um they're all a bit shit save for like the extra cover yeah, if you listened to last week's episode, us leading into this, you kind of knew that this was not going to be... It might be a bit of a write-off of an it's, episode. It's ever. fine. We'll just keep posting through it as they say online. Yeah. Keep tweeting through it. Um, well, I guess uh, let's talk about T.I. Yes. So he was born Clifford John... Clis, Clifford <laughs> Joseph Harris. I thought born. I was like starting to read that wrong. I was like, wait, was he Bjorn? Born Clifford Jod. <laughs> Born Clifford Jod Harris Jr. in 1980 in Atlanta, Georgia. His stage name came from his childhood nickname Tip after his paternal great grandfather, and there was no like explanation as to yeah. why his great grandfather was nicknamed Tip and how they got Ti from that. That's the bit that I don't understand. Yeah, I guess it's just it's the tip of Tip. Yeah. Yeah. So during the uh, 2016 presidential election, T.I. said he couldn't vote for a woman president. He physically couldn't. He physically, like, if he, if he if he tried to put pen to Hillary Clinton's name, it would physically, the pen would lose all of its ink. Yeah. It would physically not write it for him. Uh, his reasoning that was that women make rash emotional decisions. I mean, as a resident woman, we do, but we also make... Very sensible decisions in other times of our lives. Have men not been? Like, you look at, at, I don't know if it's he necessarily said, yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. Um, Uh, That feels like one of those things where, like, you're kind of saying you're a Trump supporter without saying you're a Trump supporter. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, that's all Trump did was he made rash decisions and, like, acted, acted rashly because, like, Basically, his presidential run was because Obama made fun of him once. Mm. And it's pretty much just to get back at Obama. <laughs> so, have you not read that man's Twitter? Oh, you can't because he doesn't have Twitter anymore. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, so, in 2019, it was discovered that he takes his daughter to a doctor to perform virginity tests. Uh, he said that he wasn't in the room while uh, this was taking place. So, I would love to think that basically... It would be like, all right, you leave now. And then his daughter and the doctor would just sit there and have a conversation and not perform a virginity test because mm. they're really infallible. Like, And also they're unnecessary. They're unnecessary. But like, like, but like she could have ridden a horse at 14 and broken her hymen. And it's like, like, that's what I was reading. About. I know. Was, no. And that's like, yes, as the owner of a hymen, I learned that too when I was a kid, but like, it still squeaks me out to talk about that kind of shit. But, like, the fucked up thing was that she was 18 at this point as that... well. So it's like, she was an adult. Well... Either way, even if she were a child still, that's still yeah. majorly fucked up. But it's just like, she said, like, yeah, this was fucked. This was just so 
uncomfortable and it like traumatized her and she's like it's like fucked up her relationship with him mm. and like to the point she's like yeah i hope to be a better parent than he he is yeah yeah it will not take much no no uh, so, as of March 2021, more than 30 women and at least one man have come forward accusing T.I., his wife Tiny, and some of their associates with various forms of physical, mental, and sexual abuse. This was spurred on by Sabrina Peterson, the founder of a woman's empowerment group in Atlanta, who, who accused T.I. of forcing a gun on her at a children's party. She posted about the experience, which opened the floodgates. Well, fuck. Um... Yeah, so like, really, just a trash human, basically. Yeah, really, like, I, I, like, there's no, there's no, like, like, just fuck him. Like, the one good thing that I read about him was that he was at a party with Scott Stapp. Oh, Scott Stapp from Creed was at the same party. <laughs> Scott Stapp tried to kill himself, and he intervened. Oh, yeah, fuck. And like, Scott Stapp said, "Yeah, Ti saved my life." This was like 2006. Well, and just like going through his. Going through his list, like, he just, he's committed, like, different sorts of fraud, he's had, like, gun charges, he's had so many feuds with, like, rappers, like, I think, like, Little Flip, Ludacris. Who's Little Flip? Little Flip's a rapper. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But it's just, like, he just seems like a, just a, a really unlikable person as well. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember, we watched a few episodes of that rap show that was like oh yeah like a like a competition show and and he was one of the judges and it was just like even then it was just like there's something cold about you yeah something yeah, yeah there's just something yeah not terribly inviting about you mm. so do you want to do you want to talk about Justin Timberlake i mean yeah so we all know JT again we're not going to give a huge background into him, he's an interesting person from like a pop culture perspective, but he's also like a shithead of a person. Yep. So, born in 1981, hails from Memphis, Tennessee. He got a start in the Mickey Mouse Club and later in the boy group in Sync. Then endeavoured on his solo career to excellent results, uh, but also, I don't know, fucking wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl with mm-hmm. Janet Jackson. He left her to basically pick up the slack for that. Yep. Uh, what else? He dated Britney, and then when they broke up, he basically just slut-shamed her in the media and sort of didn't make any efforts to, I don't know, not talk about their relationship in depth or not protect her when people were like, hey, did you sleep with her? What's she yeah. like in bed? Yeah. <laughs> and he was um, just like, yeah, I fucked her. Yeah. Like, um, uh, it, it, his apology came out as well. It seemed like he was waiting to see if there was going to be oh yeah shit thrown his way. He had that way. locked and loaded. And then when it did, he was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm sorry for that, and I'm sorry for the Janet Jackson like wardrobe malfunction." But it's like, no, you're not. Well, it's, it was so calculated. Like yeah. the music video for "Crimea River," it was basically just a lookalike of Britney. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Regardless of the circumstances of how they broke up, you don't do that. So yeah. It's not, like that's fucked up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's just, and then, I don't know, like, appropriating black culture pretty much all the time and, like, getting a leg up in his career by... Yeah, by... Yeah. Like, doing, like, sort of... I don't, I don't know the words. I, 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 don't have a, I don't have the words to describe that. Look, I... Sexy Back is an excellent album. 
Justified is an excellent album. The 2020 experience was good, but also as good as they are, there's no denying how much he's benefited from black culture. Like, yeah, there's absolutely... Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he isn't talented. He's talented out the wazoo. Like, yeah. He is. It's just... But the more and more you get to know him, or you see of him, like you peel back those layers, and it's just oh, there's there's a pretty unlikable person. It's just there. yeah, like it just he's a classic sort of oh shucks nice guy, but underneath it he's <laughs> that's really great. Sorry, I just googled Justin Timberlake, so I was going to read his apology in very large air quotes verbatim. But one of the suggested, like, questions is just called, what disease does Justin Timberlake? <laughs> <laughs> what does disease does Justin Timberlake? Uh, um, disease of being a white person, I guess. I think the moment that I sort of kind of turned from JT was those, and I know people liked them, to me, they were ridiculously cringy, though. It was the history of rap with Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, Justin Timberlake has recorded with a lot of African-American singers. Like, I was swimming the other day and Signs came on. And I was like, that's still a good song. Though. Yeah. That's still a fucking great song. But it's like, I can, I can get it. Like, if he's going to say, like, hey, here's some stuff. But, like, Jimmy Fallon, you can get fucking wrecked with that. <laughs> you can actually get wrecked that Jimmy Fallon's going to teach me the history of rap. Jimmy Fallon is just the most unlikable oh. person. Yet he has, like, a, a huge platform. Like, yeah. He's, like, they, they show clips on YouTube of, of his show and it gets, like, 30 million views. Like, I don't know who that person... It's the same person who thinks the Big Bang Theory is funny. That, like, mm. looks at this person and goes, oh, Jimmy Fallon's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But, like, Justin Timberlake, I don't... Because I tried looking into it a bit further as well. Like, I don't think he's explicitly said, yes, I'm an anti-vaxxer, but he's married to Jessica Biel, who is one of the most prominent anti-vaxxers. Mm, yeah. she'll, she'll try and tell you that, oh, no, I'm pro-vaccine, I'm just also pro-choice whether I give my child vaccines or not. Yeah. Which is code for, no, I don't like vaccines. And, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I have so many things to say about anti-vaxxers at the moment, but I won't. Um, but yeah, like I looked into it, I couldn't find anything about him. Um, it just went straight to her, but that sort of says like, even if he said nothing, that's saying that he's, you know, chicken shit mm. to his wife. Like they have kids. Like at one point, like one of those parents has to relent yeah. whether they get a vaccine or not. Yep. Yep. Um, look, Let's just chuck in an allegedly here in case someone tries to <laughs> quote any of this, even though, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and allegedly, like, again, the TI stuff, like, he's been accused of it, but, like, there was at one point 30 women accusing Bill Cosby of that same sort of stuff, and he's in jail now. So mm. you kind of, at some point, it's like 30 women don't, 30 women and at least one man don't just get together and make up a lie like that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, look. I don't know. Like, part of me wants to go more in-depth about JT, but also I can't be bothered. Like, 
Mm. I think it's just, it's that very, like, Miley Cyrus brand of, like, sort of adopting a sort of R&B persona, but then when he wanted to get back to his roots and he released Man in the Woods or I forget what it was called, something like that. And that was all about, like, back to basics and, like, this is who I am as a person. It's like, I'm shedding that persona. It's like, well, so what you're telling me is, like, you basically co-opted all this stuff and then when it didn't serve you anymore, you just chucked it out. Yep. Like, yep. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the song. You're all right. So, Dead and Gone was the eighth single from T.I.'s sixth studio album entitled Paper Trail. I want to ask the question, why do you need eight singles for one album? Who knows? Is it a case of like the first one didn't didn't succeed, the second one didn't succeed, and then like so on and so on <laughs> until eventually like one might stick. I feel like Paper Trail has a pretty long track list, so he kind of could afford to toss in a few. But honestly, who cares? Uh, so that was released in two thousand eight. Um, the song was written by Ti and Timberlake and produced by Rob Knox, who has. Produced the likes of Mannequin by Britney Spears, Sorry by Joe Jonas, and Time Machine by Alicia Keys. I have not heard any of those songs ever in my life, I don't think. Um, which is just an interesting point. <laughs> Do you think Joe Jonas has ever just wanted to, like, just turn it into one name? Just Jonas, but like J-O-E-N-A-S? <laughs> the um joe jonas yeah. so do i like it it does roll off the tongue quite nicely but i wonder if he's just ever been like man yeah uh so the song reached number four in australia and in the uk and number two on the u.s billboard hot 100 chart uh so what do you think about it um it's one of those songs i remember it being on the radio and just being like oh yeah yeah and it, i we have slammed these people since the beginning of this episode, and I don't want it to seem like I don't like the song because I don't like the people. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't want it to come across like that, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't really, it wasn't that I didn't like it, it just didn't really do anything for me. I think, yeah, like, I don't know. Oh, so there's verified commentary by T.I. Interesting. Um, so yeah, essentially the song sort of tells a precautionary tale, I guess, of like, cause I think it's about a brawl that happened, like a, um, drive by that occurred after a TI show and ended up, was it? That might've been when he went to prison cause he did go to prison as well. Yeah. So he's dedicating this song, according to genius.com to his friend, Philant Johnson, who was killed in 2006 in a highway gunfight after TI's show. Um, but it's basically saying like, ah oh man, like if I just sort of reined it in a bit, not got mm. involved, maybe he'd still be here. Yeah. Things would be a lot better. I'm an adult now. I have kids to think of. I have a wife, life, whatever. And so like, I get the sentimentality of it and I get the message and I appreciate it, but it's just... Like, one thing for me that really sticks out is, like, I could barely make out a lot of what he was saying just because the enunciation was a bit muffled to me. Yeah. And so in that sense, I had to read the lyrics, and then I was like, oh, okay. So it's, like, really, like, it's quite, like, the wordplay is quite, you know, quite nice. Not, I mean, it's not nice, the subject matter, but, like... It's well executed. It's well executed. Like, he's he's definitely got a way with words. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, the the JT parts are good. Yeah. Again, like... There's a reason why JT made it as a singer, because he's got an excellent voice. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he suits the genre well, it's just... Yeah. Anyway. I just kind of wish he'd stayed the the dick-in-a-box guy. Like, yeah. not, not the actual character, but just, like... <laughs> just, like, when it was, like... Back when it was, like, oh, he can do no wrong, and it was, like... Actually, he's starting to do wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just, I don't know. I guess it was a different time where, like, he'd already done a lot of wrong by, like, Janet and by Brittany, mm. but we just, we didn't think too far beyond the repercussions of that. Like, yeah. Because, yeah, that was still where we were like, oh, but they were being slutty. They were doing this. Like, that's not his fault. We're a pro Brittany podcast and pro janet and pro janet and pro joey fatone he's my instinct <laughs> um there's a there's a universe out there where it was joey fatone that blew up and like his his uh music of choice that like got him famous was scar oh, i don't know he, he just looks like a he scar looks guy. like he would enjoy scar <laughs> i really he, he looks like he's had dinner at guy fieri's house at least once in his lifetime like he's gone to flavor. Like, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Realistically. So yeah, like I think for me, I don't know. Like this song's fine. Yeah. But it never. Um, I don't know. Never. It never gets past a certain speed. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a slow song. It's just like. Well, it doesn't like peak or anything either. No. It all just sort of stays at the one level. Yeah. Like, there's no sort of climax kind of thing. Like, I'm trying to look at the lyrics now, like... Yeah, I don't even know if there's a bridge in here. Well, that would be probably Oh, yes, there the... is. I turn my head to the yeah. east, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Which... It's just a goofy fucking... Hilariously in the film clip as well. So, like... So I turn my head to the north. They, they turn their head to the east, so, like, they, their head turns... They turn their head to the west, their head turns, and it's like, I turn my head north, and T.I. looks fucking up. It's like, that's not north, <laughs> no. dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that, to be fair, as someone who could not tell you, like, gun to my head now, which direction is north, like... Um, I mean, we don't have compasses in built in us. I know, but, like, a lot of... I think, yeah, my sister and my mum could always tell, and, like, yeah... It's got something to do with the sun and the direction it's going in. <laughs> I know the sun. The sun's involved somehow. I think we need to um, get Sadie Hawkins' pod back on for another discussion of just <laughs> sunrise, sunset directions, which orientation they're coming from. Um, or you could uh, get back into Scouts, because that's... I know. That's how that would... That's how you would learn... It's wild that I ever went to Scouts at all because I did not retain any of that information. I could maybe make a frying pan out of a tin can again, but that's about it. So my mum was always like, she always wanted me to do extra curriculars. Yeah. And I don't even think Scouts was ever asked <laughs> if I wanted to do it. Um, she'd, she'd get pretty pissy with me that I didn't do more. Yeah. I mean, all I wanted to do was play video games, mm. but <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad that she was like, no, no, you'll, you'll at least learn how to swim. 
I think, yeah, swimming is one of those things like you might never need it, but you might also need it to save your life. Yeah. At some point. But yeah, it was never, there might've been the question like, oh, like there's a scout group. No. Okay. (laughs) I think I asked my parents to get in on it because we'd heard about the local scout um, group. I can't remember that pack. I don't know. And yeah, thought it was great. I'm just imagining that if I became a scout, it would be like that episode of The Simpsons where Bart becomes a scout <laughs> and Homer just roasts him mercilessly. And I imagine, <laughs> I'm imagining mum and dad just roasting me if I ever became a scout. I'm sure, I'm sure that they, she probably would have been thrilled if I actually did. But Yeah, look, what could have been. <laughs> I was impressed that you weren't a brownie, that you were an actual scout as well. Nah, man, we wanted to be one of the boys. Because, wait, no, were brownies... Uh, Joey. No. Girl Guides. Yeah, Girl Guides. Girl Guides. Was Joey's the... is pro, pre-Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. What a time. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, so you loved it about as much as we feel apathetic towards this song. Well, like, yeah, that's the th- I just, I feel nothing toward it. And, like, the music video just makes it more goofy. Um, yeah, that... Look, it's it's... Mostly kind of cool imagery. Yeah. But like, I'm like, oh wow, this is very 2008. Yeah, it hasn't aged well. The best, the best clip is uh, of JT in like, it's there in the desert and it's like him in the dark and there's like one of those like fires going off in the distance from like an oil thing. I can't remember. (laughs) Not refinery, not a silo, (laughs) but you know, the ones that like, it's like shoot off the, the oil and like there's fire. Uh, no. But then it then it made me ask, like, what's the what's the My Chemical Romance famous last words? Famous last words, where they're in the desert at night with the fire. Yeah, and it's like oh, I assume it's the desert. It could just be like a bushy area. No, but... I think it is. Um, yeah, it definitely has more gravitas than this. Oh, I wish we were doing that. Speaking of, we didn't say that we're going to see My Chemical hey! Romance yes. next year. The one highlight to come out of. The past week. You um, you very well in the same year might be able to see My Chemical Romance and Hamilton. I know. I, it's just a world of possibilities as opening yeah. up. If we can fucking go outside. Um, <laughs> I must admit I was looking at tickets to Auckland. I know that we've got tickets for My Chem. I know that they're mezzanine tickets and I would prefer to be on the ground but we've got tickets. But like, oh man, I'm very tempted to get some GA tickets for Auckland. Because are they doing that this year? Next year. Oh, next year. So they've bumped it out further. Um, so it'll be the same leg as when they come over that here. That makes sense. But, man, I'm kind of tempted to gamble on that and just go for it. The only th- I, I'm fine with, with the mezzanine. The only thing that's going to, unless it's like a really good album, the only thing that's going to ruin it for me is if they're like, oh yeah, we're going to... We're going to do this as a, an album tour now. We're going to release a new album. It's like, no, no, play your old stuff. Uh, I'm not expecting new music. Do you like, think ever? Or I don't know. I just... Because they're all doing their own thing now. I'm really interested. It's like, I'm really interested what 2021 My Chemical Romance would produce, though. That'd be really... Yeah. I'm re- As someone who's not a, like, a mega fan of their... Music. I, I'm looking at it like, put out something. Like I'm, I'm keen. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like with, like Frank stuff is super cool. Yeah. Like Gerard's done some pretty interesting, cool stuff. 
they've all done some cool stuff. Um, I mean, I haven't listened to any of the other members' stuff, but... Yeah, so, look, we've talked about these two guys, we've talked about this song, we've talked around these these two, so let's just get into Cute Is What We Aim For. Yeah. Just trying to find my way back home The old me is dead and gone Dead and gone oh, oh. I've never been scared, I lived through tragic Situations could have been dead, looking back at it Most of that shit didn't even have to happen But you don't think about it when you're at the trap In apartments, hanging, smoking and rapping Suckers start shit, next thing you know we capping Get locked up, didn't even get mad Now I think about damn what a life I had most of that shit look back just like Some shit still look back just like Maybe my homeboy still be around And I'm not had a sucker in the mouth that time I won that fight, I lost that war I can still see my homie walking out that door Who'd have thought I'd never see for land no more Got enough dead homies I don't want no more Cause I suck at his job, cost me more I done took that ass for now for sure Now I think before I risk my life Take them chances to get my strike A sucker put his hands on me, alright Otherwise stand so, Cute is What We Aim For, uh, formed in New York in 2005, and the original band members were childhood friends, as is the case for pretty much every band ever, I think. Um, in 2016, in response to the Brock Turner rape trial, frontman Sean Hasekayan went on Facebook and accused people of showing false levels of outrage towards the case. Uh, he was accusing people of getting upset performatively because it makes them, quote, feel better. And in the same post, he went on to deny rape culture, but later apologized for his remarks, most likely because the band were getting ready to go on an anniversary tour for their 2005 album, The Same Old Blood Rush with a New Touch. No, sorry, 2006. 2006 album. That makes more sense. Uh, yeah, because there was a bit of a there was a bit of a thing like, hey, don't go see Cute is what we aim for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely seemed like maybe ticket sales were. Oh, big. when me and my friend Kelly, shout out Kelly, hello, um, went to go see that exact tour. It was in a pub in Fitzroy with very like it didn't even make it to like an arena show. It was just it was a pub, yeah, a bar show. Do you want to do you want to say what happened? With Shant. 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 I've already... (laughs) Hacker man. Um, I've already talked about it on here, but basically, like, me and Kelly went along, sort of as a joke, but also because we both really loved that band at the time. Yeah. Like, couldn't quite... Oh, actually, no, I could tell you why. I'll get into it, I'm sure. But, like, um, yeah, basically, we stepped outside between the opener and their set... And we were like, oh, lol, there's Shaunt. Like, mm. if this had been, like, my 14-year-old self, I would have just lost my shit kind of thing. Um, not 14, I wouldn't... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and where was I going with this? He was outside. Yes. <laughs> he was outside. And so we were sort of like... Which is, which is interesting, because usually he's inside. I know, yeah. I know. It doesn't strike me as an outside person. No, um... So, like, Kelly and I were sort of goading each other, like, oh, shall we go over and say hello kind of thing? Mm. And we were just sort of watching from afar. And he was standing there chatting to, like, some fans outside. And then 
I can't remember. I think, like, one of the fans, like, pulled a flask of something out of their backpack. And so he's just standing in a group with these randos just, like, sharing swigs of alcohol from a flask. And it's like, that's fine. Because everyone there is consenting. Everyone there is adults. But it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. It just felt real, like, Mm. you're not friends with these people. Like, what do you, and I don't know, it just... Yeah, it was basically just acting like a bit of a tosser. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, we went in, we enjoyed the set, it was fine, but, like, yeah, it does not surprise me that he's a bit of a garbage person. Yeah, he is a tosser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, and I've got it written here, in 2017 he was back, back. Oh, that was my fault. <clears throat> he was back. He was back at it, tweeting out, <laughs> and this is... This is his quote. Hey, most claims of sexism slash racism are total bullshit. This isn't the 1960s. Please get a grip. So he was basically saying, I like, I seriously, I imagine that he thinks because there was a black president in the last 10 years that racism's just dead. Yeah. So there's no more, there, there can't be racism anymore. He would just fully buy into that thing of like, there's no such thing as racism because everyone has equal opportunities these days when that's absolutely not the case. There's no such thing as racism because I don't see it as a straight white man and there's no such thing as sexism because I'm a straight white man. Yeah. It's, yeah, so there was a string of backlash uh, mm-hmm. to which he was responding with really, like I was reading through and there was some really, like he was putting on some really bizarre comments yeah. to like the backlash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but my favourite comment came from Keith Buckley, and I'm hoping that that's the same, because I'm pretty sure there was a tick next to it. It was a verified, so I think it was. So it's Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. <laughs> uh, basically, he said, Hi, Shant. Shant. And like he starts off with no capitalization, so like the high is lowercase. Yeah. Hi, Shant. I've travelled around the world, and I concur. You're embarrassing. Oh, it's just... Ridiculous. I'm pretty sure that is the, the Keith Buckley, and I'm like, fuck yes, Keith Buckley. Yeah. Because they're from New York as well, so they've probably, although like it's different music, they've probably shared similar stages or something as well, so... Yeah, bear with me, because there was another one I was reading, because Alternative Press made a post about it. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, they sort of, uh, like documented a few of like the more notable ones um where am i well i'll i'll read here so like shant doubled down on the comment in 2018 so he just he it seems like he just will never learn no so he doubled down on the on the statements when he was interviewed for the boston herald in 2018 Quote, I'm fine if people disagreed with me, but they don't didn't have to take it to such a personal level. 70% of the people I admire have said things I disagree with. Yeah. Like, is he saying that, like, when people would, like, make fun of him for that, that that was the personal level? Like, he was taking that personally? Or, or, they, or was he saying, like, people shouldn't take it so personally, the stuff I say? Like, what if... I think he's basically saying, like... People are so, so snowflakey these days, and they need to stop getting so offended. But like, what if, what if a victim of sexual assault read that and was like, "Oh yeah, f- you know, fuck you, dude." Yeah, who's like banned has not been relevant since like two thousand and seven. That's the kicker for me is like, buddy. So yeah, it was Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. Yes, alt press 
And then who else? Because, yeah, Sean then sort of doubled down on that and was sort of like, you've said this for 10 years plus that I'm embarrassing. And then tried. Yeah, so that must mean that they've like. toured together. Oh, yeah. And then he posted a link to um, Buckley's book, basically just trying to like laugh it off. And Keith responded, I kindly ask that you do not shill my book on your timeline in a grasp but camaraderie. I completely disavow everything you say and stand for. And then run for covers, Jeff Casaza said, and I quote, you are shockingly stupid. Yeah, I love that. You are shockingly stupid. Um, I just want to like, while we're talking about every time I die, I want to talk, I want to shout out their guitarist, Andy Williams, mm-hmm. who wrestles for AEW under the, uh, under the name The Butcher. Oh. Just, you know, putting that out there. Fuck yeah, Andy. Fuck yeah, Butcher. Sick. Anyway, but like, like every time I die as well, like it's just, it's sort of interesting because I'm sort of, I'm not surprised that they're like, that he's saying stuff like that. Like, hey, like you're an idiot and like pull your head in, that sort of thing. But like, they're also kind of like a jokester band. Like, they would always do sort of really funny film clips and like I remember reading like Keith Buckley's five pranks he's played on other bands, that sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's whereas like, it does not surprise me that Shaunt turned out the way he did because cute were always a very, they were in it for the aesthetics. They were in it for like the swooshy hair, which again is like all the way off. Like, beyond just being a part. They... Look, I was listening to them the other day, just to get back into that headspace of, like, who I was when I listened to Cute Is What We Aim For. And I distinctly remember, like, picking up a copy of Blood Rush, and... Can I just ask, Mm. uh, who you are, does they... Do they hate who they've been? Ah. Shout out to Dan and Jess, as always. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had a swooshy fringe at the time. Um, yeah, I distinctly remember picking up a copy of Blood Rush and getting really cross at a dude in my class who I later ended up dating with disastrous results. And he was like, oh, like, the girl on the cover is so slutty because, like, it's an airbrushed just like stencil outline of like a girl like pulling her top down pulling her skirt up so like they were all about those aesthetics of like look at this hot girl but also she's a slut she should be ashamed of herself and like their lead single Newport Living like within the first couple of verses they're talking about like in every circle of friends there's a whore who the one who flirts and does a little more like Mm. every like their songs were just about sex and also how you should be ashamed of it but also you should be giving it up and also like yeah like i don't know by the time they reached their second album rotation which i think it was produced by um felody possibly john feldman i'm just gonna look this up real of quick. goldfinger fame yeah yeah it's a scar up <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good uh, 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 uh. um imagine if that's if that's the only music Feldy produced was just Scar, <laughs> and he's worked with the Veronicas. <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah, so produced by John Feldman, and that was released in 2008. So, yes, I was still listening to them then. I still had the swooshy fringe, but this time I had a clip with a bow on it. Oh. Um, and that album, like, it's... 
a lot tighter, a lot more pop-leaning. Like, it's got really good production, but it's still very... And, like, it's sort of leaning more into, like, inspirational territory. Like, just very cute sort of songs about, like, I want to know the things you're thinking. I want to be the place you are. Like, Mm. all these very sort of... But then, like, one of the best songs on it, um, Navigate Me, is basically just, like, Sean being, like, horned up and basically being, like... I am going to fuck you. Mm. <laughs> and like, as a horned up teenager, you listen to this, you're like, oh, like, okay, hello. But like, as an adult, it feels weird listening to that kind of language. Like, yeah. it feels weird to listen to lyrics where, where it's like, and these sheets aren't stopping me. Mm-hmm. Like. Yep, that's um, it's questionable. It's, yeah. And so it doesn't surprise me that he sort of, fully decided to embody the, like, mentality of, like, I simultaneously desire and also disavow women for who they are as people. And other races. Yeah, and other races. Um, Well, it's like you were saying when we watched that other song that we were listening to, the film clip for that, um, like, you said that it looks like he was a jock that then turned into an emo because that was what was popular at the time. Yeah. And it definitely definitely has that feel. Like, it definitely feels like they're not a genuine band. Maybe the other members were, but, like, he's not genuine. He's not in it because, you know, he grew up listening to bands like The Cure and AFI. Yeah. And was like, well, I'm going to do my own take on that and it's going to be super depressing and I'm going to inspire a generation of teenagers. Mm-hmm. It was just like... Oh, yeah, that's where, like, that's what the cute girls are into now, and I want to fuck the cute girls. Yeah. And, like, his lyrics at the time, I was like, oh, wow, he's so clever. Like, he really Mm. knows his way around, like, a pen and paper kind of thing. But, like, you listen to them now, and they're quite cringy, because it's basically just, like, it's literally teenage poetry, where you think that you're very, like, yeah, you're very lyrical and, like, clever with your turns of phrase, but it's not... You've read Romeo and Juliet because your school made you to. Made you do it. <laughs> because your school made you. Yes. But like, yeah, one of their other singles, The Curse of Curves, which look, it still bangs. It's still a good song. But like, the chorus is like, I want someone provocative and talkative, but it's so hard when you're shallow as a shower. Like, that's so cringy. Yeah. Like, the alliteration of provocative and talkative, like, that's cool, but, like, come on, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he's just a fucking... Like, he's basically been bullied off Twitter, and like, socials in general, because everyone was just like, just good. fuck off, mate. Yeah, good. And, like, the most recent tweet I could find about him is courtesy of <laughs> at Bongdork on Twitter. Nice, Bongdork. <laughs> Who, his name is Ice Cold Fatty Sucker. Do you think, <laughs> do you think bong dork is just like, they don't actually smoke weed, but they're just like a big bong aficionado. Like they just like love bongs. I just think of it as like a silly name. Like, like cause you know, you can go, you can go into like a smoke shop here and you can buy a bong because. It's te- a bars. Oh. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> yeah. Well, te- well, they're not selling the illegal part, which is yeah. the weed. <laughs> so yeah. Um, to quote the bong dork who tweeted on the 11th of January, 2021, and I fully agree. He just said, I bet Sean Hasekheim was at the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely... Like, that's... That's... 
a red flag that he had a red hat. Yeah. In the last five years. Yeah. Like looking at looking at them when they were at their most swooshiest of fringes, my my take on it was like, I don't think he's the sort of person who anyone fifteen and younger, any girl fifteen and younger is attracted to him, but like you get that little bit older and it's like, oh no, nah, you're pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> but like like those younger girls are like, oh yeah, but he's the lead singer of a band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like that's what did it for me was like lead singer of a band who has like a faux sensitive side to it. Like Yeah. And again like it it just it broadens into that conversation about like how much of a disservice like that music scene did for girls like yeah. me. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's just interesting that even even if just one of those one of like the big emo bands was fronted by a woman. Like whether that would have really changed anything or not, but like I there's just so much like internalized misogyny there. It's it's it like it's getting I think well, I don't know. I, I would like to think it's getting better now, but it's like it's like when you had a a female fronting a metal band, like there was push back to that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, <laughs> what do we think of their cover? It's boring. Yeah. I remember sort of when I first learned it existed, sort of being like, oh, interesting, and like giving it a listen and just being like, okay, and yeah. that's about all the thought I gave it. If we thought that like the original was running at like 60 instead of 100, like this is, this hasn't even like left the parking lot. <laughs> this is just, this is just. Dead and gone, you know, been and done, I guess. <laughs> got him. <laughs> Fucking got him. No, it's just like, I also wouldn't be surprised if Shant, I don't care if I'm mispronouncing your name, you're, you're an asshole. Um, the 15 year old in me is annoyed by it, but also no. <laughs> but the 30, but the 30 year old that is you. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he thought he was above doing something like this as well. It's see, just I, like, fuck it, we'll just do an acoustic version of it. See, I read it more as like he's being sort of like a Timberlake type of like, oh man, this is so deep, even though I have zero experience with it whatsoever. Do you think it's it's basically because you take everything else out of it and that's the only thing you can focus on is, is his voice? Like, it... It mm. overpowers the acoustic guitar. Like, it's it's the focal point. It's because I am shant, I am cute is what we aim for, which is just a fucking stupid name anyway. I think it just, like... Well, it, just, it has white dude with guitar energy. Oh, 100%. And, like... Like, look, I'm not gonna lie, I always thought he had a decent voice. He does have a decent voice. Like, he, um... He does. He can belt it out on songs if he needs yeah. to, and, like, he... His voice is strong on this one, but, like, I just cannot get past him changing the N-word to suckers and people and trying to, like, sort of mm. smooth over all the... And, like, rightfully so, like, smooth over all the explicit parts, but still trying to embody that narrative. It's not his. It yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah. to have a white dude who, like, wears basketball singlets and stuff. Like, no, you're not part of this world. Mm. 
And it's just embarrassing and like it's surprising that this wasn't on Punk Goes Crunk, even though we've established that wasn't the correct genre description yeah. for that either. Yeah. Because he's trying to like mimic this culture that he's not a part of. Um Oh, so I think I was gonna say I think the inclusion of Justin Timberlake in the song keeps it out of crunk. Keeps yeah, it out of, that's keeps it out true. of Fearless Records' idea of crunk. That's true. But yeah. I also think this was this pre no, this is after the Crunk album as well. True. So I think the Crunk album was two thousand six. I think or, so. Or it might have been two thousand and eight. So it might have been the same time. Yeah. I don't know, but like either way. Like, hearing a skinny white dude talk about, I don't know, rushing you to the hospital with a bad concussion, plus you hit four times, bullet hit your spine, paralyzed, waist down, now you're wheelchair bound. It's like, that's not your story to take on. Yeah, and that's the that's the issue with, um, yeah, Punk Goes Crunk was 2008, so yeah. same year, but uh, I don't know when Pop 3 came out. And like, talking about, like, gunfights, like, no. Like... <laughs> We've we've talked about this before. Like that's the issue with with uh, these you know white bands covering uh, you know rap and hip hop songs. Like yeah. that's very much a lived experience for someone, and you're co opting their experience. Like sort of going, I know what that's like. You really don't. No, you have no idea what that's like. Yeah, you 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 are an outsider, a bystander, and. You can sing the lyrics, so you think that that's that you share that experience. You don't. No, I think that's the thing. Is like because there's a bazillion other songs that you could cover. Yeah, and so this was 2010. So they had a couple of years of worth of songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just yeah, it's just it's just a real stretch of murky water. Mm. Really, I, I. Yeah, I, I I never feel good when I see the words punk goes crunk. Like, oh, we're going to have to sort of yeah. get, get into this. So I've only done like two of them so far, haven't Not even? Like uh, three, I think. Ah, okay, yeah. that's good. Um, well, I guess let's just move on to our other and last cover by Metro Station. Shake, shake. Shower on the shore so long I'm trying to find my way back home The old me is dead and gone Dead and gone And oh, I've been showering on the shore so long Just trying to find my way back home The old me is dead and gone Dead and gone Ever had one of them days where she would have stayed home Running to a group of kids and getting the hate on You walk by Get wrong, you reply, then it get blown. Way out of proportion, way past discussion. Just you against them, pick one, then rush them. Figure you get jumped, yeah, that's next. They don't want to stop, then now they busting. No more stress, now I'm straight, now I get it, now I take time to think before I make mistakes just for my family's sake. That part of me left yesterday, the heart of me is strong today. No regrets, I'm blessed to say the old be dead and gone away. Oh, I've been shopping down the shore so long, just trying to find my way back home. Again, I loved Metro Station when I was a teenager. <laughs> I wish this I wish this whole episode we were just talking about Metro Station. I look, 
I don't know much about the members of Metro Station except that Trace Cyrus is Miley's brother. Um, Billy's son. True. Um, but my God, that one album was so good. Like, it was just full of such filler tracks. But my, like... That, that one album that you got rid of. Yes. Um, in a fit of, but I'm nearly 30, I need to get rid of these childish things. Um, if you're going to keep reminding me that I didn't go see Sum 41 when I was a teenager. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> but like, they wrote Shake It, that song fucking rules. Yeah, it, it kind of does. That song will never not go off. It's such a good song. And, and it does, every time I hear it, it makes me think of that vine of the guy that like, the dude dancing and then the other dude tr- goes to change it and then he's just like still dancing with a smile on his face turns a gun on him and the other guy's like <laughs> like nervous dancing and like he's like pissed his pants <laughs> it just it's so good like it's such a fucking good song and then like they had another single 17 fuck it i'm going to put it in here <laughs> please do I, we deserve to have some reprieve Um, and then like 17 forever is like questionable cause it's like, you won't be 17 forever no. if we can get away with this. But like no. when you're and- 17, that song is great cause you're 17 and you won't be 17 forever. And especially like for Trey Cyrus, who was born <laughs> into privilege. <laughs> I thought like- you were going to say he was like 40 years old or something. <laughs> <laughs> he, cause he's so tall. Yeah. And like, there's, in Shake It, there's just, like, these sort of, like, shots where it's, like, kind of distance shots. Yeah. And it's like, oh, who's this, like, who brought their uncle along? <laughs> who brought their uncle along for, like, the, the street hang or whatever? It's, yeah. It's got real, like, dodgy vibes, but... And, like, like he's, he does look so much older than him until the camera gets in close. It's like, oh, okay, no, you are a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um... But yeah, so this cover is about on the same level as the cute one, I think. Yeah, it's... Again, it's like, you could pick literally every other song. Like, the only interesting dynamic about it is um, just the way that Trace and the other frontman sort of switch the... Like, they do the T.I. and Justin split. Yeah. I should remember his name. I used to know it. Hang on. I, I saw when I was researching this, oh, yeah, Metro Station did a cover, of it, a cover of it. And I was like, sick. Maybe we get something that's kind of close to pop punk or, you know. Their, their brand of, I guess, quote, unquote, pop punk, though, was, like, very much leaning, like, breaking away from pop punk and becoming that. What's that sort of style that's, like, it was the genesis of pop punk and emo, but it's very electronic, like Breathe Carolina. Oh, um... It's not Crunkcore, because Crunkcore is an abomination all on It's not Easycore, is it? No, no. it's not Easycore. That's um, alright. Yeah. But, um... So Mason Musso is the other guy. But, um... I prefer Joe Jonas. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So he's the older brother of a dude who was on Hannah Montana. Ah. So I assume that they met when their siblings were doing something for Hannah Montana. Was it like one of 
Hannah Montana's friends on the show, like, wasn't the actor, like, actually, like, 40? But he was, but he was playing, like, a 17-year-old. That's fucked up. Um, so, yeah, like, to me, that's the interesting dynamic is, like, Mason and Trace doing their thing. But, like, aside from that, that's... I don't get anything out of this. I just wanted an excuse to talk about Metro Station. Yeah, and, and look, it's... It's going to be finishing off on more of a positive note because as far as we can tell the dudes in metro station aren't shitheads um yeah as far as we can tell they probably look that there might be some issues who knows um but yeah it's it's when i see or hear this is going to be an acoustic song Mm. it's really you can do really cool things with the acoustic guitar, but this sort of music, it's just going to be chords. And it's, it's kind of what I, I really, at times, wish we had not decided to do the Punkos acoustic songs. I know. Uh, but here we are. Like, we haven't done one for a while. Yeah. It's been nice. It has. Um, yeah, look. I could go into some rubbish about Trace, but I'm not even going to bother. What has he done? Oh, so, no, there was, like, a um, photo that he put up on his Instagram. Is he as embarrassing as Chet Hanks? No. Um, But, yeah, like, a photo of him with his hand around his fiancé's neck, but... I mean, they could also just be into kink. Yeah, I fucking... But yeah, he right. then got angry at his followers for reporting the photo. So fucking good on you followers, because that's what I would have done as well. Um, and then said to them to go to the gym and learn to do your makeup properly. What? <laughs> so he just like... <laughs> what does that even mean? I, I don't know. <laughs> this is, yeah. That's, why I mean, that's I why to... I've been going to the gym, is so I can learn how to do my makeup properly. <laughs> Find out about fashions that fit your body type. That's very funny. So basically, he just put it down to, you're all just jealous of my hot girlfriend slash fiancé. And then they... Because I get to choke her and not you. And they're no longer engaged now. Um, (laughs) Fuck it. How long ago was this? (laughs) Um, Shit. It was... I mean, that is still kind of Chet Hanks territory. 2019. Okay. Um, if you if you don't know Chet Hanks, the son of Tom Hanks, uh, yeah, is just a really really weird dude. Yeah, has done has done his own uh, rap songs and sort of talks about coming up from nothing while being the son of Tom Hanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. So just googling Mason Musso. So he. Did an interview in 2020 for the Epic Times, Epoch, E-P-O-C-H, Epoch. which I think are, are pretty right-leaning. Oof. <laughs> I'm not even going to like, well, I don't think I can listen to it, but it was like, in this episode of Crossroads, we speak with Mason Musso, singer and songwriter with the band Metro Station, about his work, the new punk battle against authoritarianism, standing against censorship, and how to not lose yourself in the noise of the modern world. Okay, so that seems fairly... Because the heading is like, on free speech and resisting censorship. 
Depends how you see that, though, because the right wing and conservatives mm. kind of go, you know, kind of scream censorship when they say the N-word. Yeah, yeah. When people, when people like, or when, when someone, when, when silly people say like, oh, being a, being a conservative is the same as being a Jewish person in the Holocaust and you lose your job over it on the Mandalorian. Uh, and then the right goes, this is censorship. Yeah, so it's a far-right international multi-language newspaper Ooh. and media company affiliated with the Falun Gong New Religious Movement. Ooh, so Mace, Mace, what not, are you doing, Mace? not touching that. So Shake, shake it. We've basically just had a whole episode full of shitheads this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, so that feels good for us and our brand. Oh, uh, well, we're not the shitheads. No, that's true. Oh. At least I hope not. Um, do we even ask? Hell yeah, hell yeah, nah. Oh, it's hell nah. For yeah, yeah, hell nah. <laughs> hell, the only thing I'm saying hell yeah to is Shake It by Metro Station. Yeah. Wow, like, oh, Mason, what are you doing there? I know. Dude. What are the, both of them doing? Just I mean, maybe that's why they're not together anymore, because I'd like to still think that Trace is up with, like, political issues, to, like, considering... Considering who his sister is and considering that, like... That doesn't give me much faith because... But, like, Billy Ray Cyrus was, like... That's true. He was in, he was in Old Town Road with Lil Nas That's X. That's true, yeah. And that was... That was a that was actually a pretty big moment. Uh, Mon- That's someone we should be giving more um, attention to as Lil Nas X because he's great. Oh, Montero is sick. Yeah. I've watched, watched the film clip for that and I was like, yes, this a million percent. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, yeah, I love what he's doing. Um, yeah. Let me have a look. Oh, whenever I Google Metro Station, it just takes me to, like, train stations, which, fair. Break up. The Melbourne Metro. Oh, that's very funny. So they broke up in 2017, but then they reunited in 2020. Um, so let me have a look. Where are we? da da da, da. Yeah, so Trace, when we were young, we didn't care. We were just so wild and reckless, and we literally lived it up to the fullest. Literally. It was a downfall. It was a downfall to Metro Station at the end of it, because it all came crashing down on us. But during the first three years, we had so much fun. We really did, and we look back and we just laugh at these stories, and how crazy we were because we had no guidance. We didn't know what we were doing. We were, you know, 17, 18 years old, blah, 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 blah. Um... Sounds like he's That's just such saying a, a lot non-response. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, we split up because we were kids, and then we split up, and I like anyway. Do you, who cares? Do you know who? Uh, do you know who? So, Brenda Song, Trey Cyrus's ex. Okay. Do you know who she's with now? I feel like I should know this. Do you want to look it up, or do you want me to tell you? Please tell me. Uh, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Kid, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good on, I, look, I'm a pro Macaulay Culkin person. Good on him. I want the best for Macaulay. He did yeah. not. He did not have an easy life. Dakota Song Culkin. Ah, oh, good for you. That makes me happy. That's a nice note to end on. Yeah. All the all the best for Macaulay. I've been told I look like him. <laughs> I do during not... his meth face. What? No. <laughs> You don't look like him at all because he freaks me out. 
Uh, he had a rock band about pizza, remember? Yeah. Oh, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, hopefully he's I, not cancelled. That I was... Sh- no, he's not. Alright. Um, Next week. We need to wrap this thing up. I feel like we're just talking to each other now and not yeah. the listener. Uh, so, next week's song is... Superb Ass. Super, superb Ass. Super Bass. Ass. By Nicki Minaj. As covered by the Downtown Fiction for Punk Goes Pop 4. I remembered at that time. Yes. <laughs> I remembered to write down which Punk Goes it was on. Um, bye. This has been Dead and Gone.